It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Welcome to episode 474 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. And I'm Glenn. How are you going, fellas? Fantastic. It's been a while. It's been a minute. Has been. Well, like a week. Yeah. <laughs> like you were there last, you were there on last Wednesday. In spirit. Yeah. Like Literally a spirit. He'd only just yeah. uh, come back from the I mean, bed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could, you could talk. I mean, yeah, you, well, yeah, exactly. You came back from, uh, hey, fuck, this reminds you, I haven't told you guys this, but, um, We've got for the the next member side where we actually started where we addressed the the questions. By the way, patrons, get your get your comments in on that. And Glenn, you do a reminder on Patreon as well for the death row meal. Yeah, because of totally separate to that, I have received a submission anonymously from the Popo about a uh, a story regarding like the dragon suit and everything that claimed Jay and, uh, <laughs> and uh, people and, thought and, we were making it up. Now we've yeah, got yeah, legit. No, no, there's a legitimate story coming. Fucking public on, public on servant fucking so, verification. Um, so ideally, I want to fill up. I want to. I want to fill up the the the, the death row meal topic, and then yeah, we'll, we'll bust that one out. Like you know, over the next couple of days, or whatever. And um, yeah, yeah. And there's a story there. I haven't read it yet. I just I started reading. I'm like, no. I see what it's about now, and I'm not gonna. I'm not reading another <laughs> fucking word yeah, until good. we're actually doing it. So I like to keep it for myself as well. Um, so. <laughs> Rep weekend, a resounding success. Huge. Although we knew at the start that it was going to be the last time, unless they drastically. I mean, I don't know why they couldn't restructure things and do it again. But um, yeah, Channel Nine in their infinite wisdom of bleeding the game dry have elected to uh, talk about how amazing it was, while at the same time being the entity that negotiated that it wouldn't happen next year. <laughs> Jesus so, Christ! So, <laughs> and a successful weekend it was. I mean, we had we had um, various origins. Uh, we had, had the, the the NRLW origin, which Blues won. We had the the younger, you know, the the 19s, which Blues won times two. Uh, going through obviously to the real origin on um, on Sunday night, which Blues won again four and over the weekend. And we had the internationals. Now, look, I don't want to go through all of the games in fine detail because I know that. Um, that Jay was actually in Sydney, and uh, and and Glennie was just racist, I suppose. Um, so- <laughs> <laughs> it's, a fair, it's a fair wake up call. I was, I was here. Just you were just about waiting, dozed off. I saw you. I saw you. I had to give you, you to shut the fuck up, and then bam. I had to give you the, ta- <laughs> give you the taser to the balls. You like you're spacing out a little bit. There. But um, look, just just a couple of thoughts on those games. Um. Samoa ran out very convincing, you know, forty-two to twelve winners over Cook Islands. Uh, there was just a, a level of class difference in the lineups between those two sides, yeah. and um, and with, with Cook Islands being the, the the lesser of the sides playing internationally on on the weekend, um, I didn't think so. I, I didn't think a, a heck of a lot about uh, Samoa's lineup, but yeah, they they went well. I mean. It was hopefully a big confidence boost for uh, Josh Schuster, who looked like a star. Actually, made breaks and finished them off, and did some some intelligent kicking ahead and stuff because he's fat and can't you know take it to the house. You know, did some intelligent <laughs> kicks for people who could, and you know finished it. Finished half chances off. Uh, he was looking where he threw passes many of the times as well, which is a you know a huge step forward for his game. Um, but Glennie at Campbelltown, Noffa, four tries. Four God. tries in a dominant winning performance. Can you imagine? Well, I mean, it's no surprise he had a stroke about two hours after the game because of the cognitive dissonance <laughs> of fucking of, of flogging a team at Campbelltown and scoring four tries and playing pretty well. It was obviously such a head fuck to him. <laughs> Look, the that, the time that he spent in, in reserve grade 
um, after being dropped by Michael Maguire before Michael Maguire's own unfortunate demise. Not at the arse end of a dragon suit. Um, look, clearly it was a wake-up call that uh, the Noffa needed. Uh, I, would, I would also suspect that the chains in jersey colour and design and playing for a different team at Campbelltown <laughs> might have had something to do with these results. So are you saying that Noffa's actually a stand-up guy and, and we may, uh, as, as it is, have him all wrong? And it's actually just being in a Tigers jersey that makes him such an unlikable fuckhead. Unfortunately, your resurrection, um, you haven't come back completely intact. I'm just just trying to clarify. That's nothing like what I said. But uh, he he fucking, you can't deny it. The men scored four tries. Uh, They might have been, you know. Darius Boyd's got a lot of tries too. It doesn't mean Darius Boyd's a fucking stand-up guy. One one was an intercept and, you know, that was... (laughs) A couple of days, but yeah, I mean, Listen, like he did Nathan, score them. He's Nathan, in the books. He's in the books, mate. Nathan, yeah. fuck's sake. Look, hey. <laughs> As, there's a very wise man on this show that says it doesn't matter how you score them; they're all worth four points. Yeah, yeah, right. I tell you, <laughs> I, 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 record, I recorded seven aces against Darren Alcott. Doesn't mean I'm a fucking. <laughs> Because <laughs> you were oper- operating the tennis ball machine. <laughs> if by tennis ball machine you mean legs. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, you are back. You are fully intact. I got, I yes. got you. Yeah. No, we're here. <laughs> we're here. Um, back to being the same cat voice. But... Now, a, the. Uh... It, every time this comes around, though, it, it, yeah. it does make me want more. More and more relevant international football. Yeah. And the only way you get that is by playing more games. Yeah, that's And right. here's this old catch-22. Well, it, it can't be the NRL that does it. And this is where I get disappointed in the governance of our game because the NRL has no interest in international rugby league. Absolutely no interest. There is no benefit for them. In fact, there is only liability for them. Yeah. in international rugby league because players are more likely to get injured, yep. um, hurt can potentially hurt their product down the line. This is where I feel we need a really strong governing body to get in and say, uh, hey, well, you know, we're, we're actually going to sanction and organise these tournaments or or this ladder thing or, or we're going to... However the fuck they do it, we're going to do it over two years and everyone's going to play each other, you know, ba da 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 And it's not a perfect system. But uh, fuck me, that's sorely missing, I think, from our yep. game. Uh, Kiwis looked looked uh, very good, and um, probably the most complete side I think out of the out of the international sides that played. Um, strong lineup, strong forward pack. Um, Tonga, <laughs> disappointing, just by virtue I think of the fact that Talatau Amoni and Katoni Stags are not fucking halves that yeah. are going to lead your side. You know, no matter how good your forwards are, no matter how good your backs are, they were getting nothing. And particularly in just just in the kicking game, they were getting less than zero from both of those guys. Yeah. Which meant that it just... To be the, fair, The ability though, to start sets... To, to be, be fair, fair one's, a, one's a fucking 5'8 that's played a handful of first grade games in the NRL. The other one's a centre. Hmm. But remember, the Katoni Stags was signed to big money deal at the Broncos because there was a thought there that they were going to shift him into six. I suspect there's a reason why he's never played. Well, he hasn't really spent much time at six. So he has yeah, yeah, I would, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, like and like Tonga, they were certainly they they certainly went for it. I mean, they were up for they were up for the clash, but it was just it was really the simple thing of not having a kicking game meant that they were constantly losing the territorial battle and. New Zealand, for their part, though, were, you know, they were pretty slick. Yeah. I mean, Jerome, Jerome Hughes looked fucking amazing. Yeah. Joey Manu at fullback looked great. <laughs> what, did he run yeah. for 400 metres or something? Yeah. Crazy. Um, so, yeah, no, so they'll, and, you know, if they, the, you know, the more time they get together, like when you're in a World Cup situation, obviously you play a number of games before you get to the business end. Yeah. And so I think the New Zealand side, under that system, and getting a couple of games together, I think yeah. they'll be probably the most dangerous side um in, in the World Cup, Agreed. you know, against Agreed. Australia. Um, PNG, 
PNG took on Fiji, and I think the the thing that impressed me the most in this game, twenty four fourteen uh, win to PNG, which was yeah it was super surprising to me. This is the first game, and like I'm not going to say that I'm like the some international fucking guru or whatever, and I don't follow it as closely as I know a lot of people do. But this is the one game where the PNG, like the, they weren't just big hits and then falling off at the end of the game. Mm. I mean, there was a level of control through Lachlan Lamb in this game, where they they controlled the fucking game. Yep. They kicked well. They were so well. It's, it's the the best organized and most controlled PNG performance that I've ever seen in my life. And, How much um, of that do you attribute? Do you think to to the fact that they've had a, a Queensland Cup side? Look, mate. I mean, maybe it, maybe it brought some of the uh, you know maybe some of the fringe players that Just the level up. That, that that aren't in the NRL. Mm. Maybe it's brought those guys up there, like their baseline up to a higher sort of, a higher level. But they were fucking. They were impressive. They were great. Fiji sort of. There was a time there where Fiji were really coming back at them, and they got it back to like within a try. And you thought, here we go. The Fijians are going to come over the top of them here. But that's when they really then they they just sort of settled and then they kicked away and then they won comfortably in the end. And Fiji inside the, the old the the it's 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 the ultimate uh, head fuck for me is that like I cannot stand prayer circles. However, the hymn before matches that Fiji perform is my favourite thing out of all of the. Yeah, the, the hacker and, and and everything else that goes on at the yeah, start of the okay. matches. By far. I fucking yeah. love it. Love it. Um, Origin. All right. Let's go through the uh, the result. The Mighty Blues, 44, defeated Queensland 12 over there in Perth um, after leading halftime 14, uh, 14 points to 12. The New South Wales tries came through a double to Nathan Cleary. Matt Burton, Brian Toto, Daniel Tupo, Jerome Luai, and Angus Crichton tries. Cleary seven conversions and a penalty goal, with Queensland getting their tries through Felice Cafusi off a forward pass, and Cameron Munster, and <coughs> two conversions. Glenny, what say you, the vanquished? Oh, I think um, <clears throat> New South Wales come with a, 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 an extreme level of intensity, and I think the... Uh, Queensland did their did their best to match it with them. Um, I think the the sin binning of Kafusi was a was a big moment in the game, and um, it was a string of penalties. I don't know that there was a warning, but at the end of the it day, was a, it was the fourth thing in like a yeah, minute. Yeah, do, do you know that, that, it, it was coming. Do you know so, what the warning is, Glenn? Can't I'm trying to talk. So when he puts just, that fucking thing in his mouth that makes noise and I liked it makes it. noise. I liked it better That's when you warning. were dead. I liked it better when you were dead. Um, <laughs> I don't know if there was a warning. <laughs> fucking warning. So I think the energy that they exerted trying to hang with New South Wales in that period of time. And New they South- did cover up pretty well in that time though too. I think they only they conceded did, the one try. The way New South Wales came into them and they were just fucking swarming and kept coming in waves... You just got the feeling that there was going to be a crack, and and when it came, uh, the Blues were were far too good and capitalised and just kept the pressure and the momentum and the intensity up, um, and hence the scoreline. So, um, I thought I thought Munster tried hard. I thought Ponga didn't have a bad game, but there was, I think, some of the forwards got some reasonable statistics, but they're just. New South Wales just seemed to have their measure, certainly through the second half, and and um, just they just started to open up around the ruck and, and through the middle and and give those you know guys like Cook and Cleary that sort of time and space. You know, with that sort of result. Thing the thing is with with Ponga is he's really dangerous at Origin level in attack in selected situations where he in, where he injects himself as per game one where he threw the last pass for uh, two of the tries, which ultimately resulted in, you know, in the, mm. the final yep. difference. And he looked dangerous. I mean, like he threw that, that fucking forward pass for Kafusi's try to put him in, but I mean, it's in the book. So I guess he could, that was a try assist as well. He laid on. They're all worth four but, points, Nathan. It doesn't matter how yeah. you score them. Yeah. So, so they say, 
I mean, it should have been worth fucking seven points. Though. I mean, like, with the gridiron pass. But um, the thing, the thing I always say about Pong is, if, you know, in the in the, the soft shell crab thing, once you got all you got to do is put it on him yeah. and give him the business and take him out of the game, and he'll never be and, and he'll never be back in the game. In this game, it happened in the second half where um, someone maybe it was Cleary put through a grubber into the in goal. And then over towards from from the middle towards the right, and then they caught him in goal. And from that moment, then after that, Cleary tackled him and rattled him. Yep. And from that moment, he was nothing but Darius Boyd waving people through like a fucking conductor under the sticks. Yeah. And I think it, his concussion happens. thing is there's more to it than than what Newcastle and and certainly Ponga himself are letting on. I think it's legitimately plays on. He his seems mind. he seems easy. He seems easy to easy to concuss. Yeah, like it's, it's like you don't, then, have to, you don't you don't have to you don't have to play out of the spirit of the game or out of the rules of the game no. to knock him out of the game. But just, just mentally to, to mentally fuck him, mm. you know, like he's he's not up for huge contact. He's not up for yeah. high intensity contests of a well, high I think, ball. I think he or, I think he is until he gets one that kind of rattles him a bit, mm. and that's why I say you got to put the business. You got to give him the business. Like you've got to you've got to hit him hard when you get the opportunity. If he's if he lines himself up in such a way that you can give him a, a an absolute shot, then do it, and then you know push yourself back up to your feet using his head, you know, on the ground. Push his head, face. Just give him the business, and it just takes him out. It's all yeah. it's that that sort of thing. You don't have to be illegal. Or you know, and hit him high or anything, but you just you just have to rattle him and then sort of bully him a little bit, and that's that's you know by and large all it takes. Um, obviously, the changes that Freddie made this time were, were uh, amazing. Jakey Turbo with a fucking game for the ages, and uh, assisted by Appy in the first sort of twenty minutes or however long Appy was on for, where where game one turned with that first interchange of Queensland forwards, and you had Carrigan coming on and running a muck. They were just getting chopped down, and they couldn't do a thing. Even if they did get, even if they did get good meters, by virtue of you know the defense line, the defensive lines backpedaling or anything, they didn't get those meters where they're like like after contact mm. and yeah. and where they were getting their heads and shoulders free and and you know getting some you know second phase play on you know, offloads and all that sort of stuff away. Um, and like Jakey for in Origin at in at number ten in the middle, getting. The meters he did, the post-contact meters he did, plus making his tackles for seventy-one minutes in a game, and in, in a game where they, where they like to talk about how much more intense and you know, demanding it is than an NRL game, yeah, was just, was fucking sensational. And I think that's the big thing that he brings: it's reliability. And when you look across that field for New South Wales, the starkest contrast for me from game one was that almost to a player. New South Wales in game one seemed to me to just expect to be there and be part of a cog in a machine. Or almost as if, well, they just had to do their little bit and and they'll do it they'll do it just fine and, and they'll all just get there. There was a much different attitude, and you've summed it up perfectly Nate, in terms of intensity, in that to a man, every one of them was there to do more. You know, every one of them was there to step up there was far more intent in the forwards you know and and all piss take about about who was dropped and, and who came into the side away New South Wales forwards in game one were absolutely fucking embarrassed they were absolutely embarrassed the bench rotation didn't hurt didn't help them at all but but they were fucking soft the forwards that we had in game two were there to to really make an issue about about not being embarrassed, you know? Um, the fact that Appy was out there, and I think, look, while, while Damian Cook has has some amazing talents and he's very good at running out of dummy half, I think the big thing that got New South Wales on the front foot was the accuracy of service from Appy. And I've said this over and over and over and over. The quality that I want in a dummy half more than any other is to get the ball out in front of people right in front of their hands every single pass and I think Appy does that much better than Damien Cook Appy brings people onto the ball 
Whereas Cook, you know, he'll, he'll get the ball there or thereabouts, but it's those minute little differences that make a, make up the difference in origin. Um, the other one that was a completely different player was Cleary. And he wasn't immune from what I was saying before about going out there in game one and just looking as if he expected to just do, you know, these are the three things that I have to do as a half and the rest will be taken care of by everybody else. He took that whole fucking team by the scruff of the neck and he controlled them. He led them around beautifully. He put the ball where he wanted it to be. They finished sets where they wanted to finish them. He was up and involved in defence, which I don't think he was in game one. And he really was a leader out there. And I was an asterisk from the, about the 20th minute on. And that was the funny thing. Queensland were right in this game and like they were on top of this game in the first 20 minutes until like the, the change... Um, when it took place, but it seemed like all of the like Luai was fucking terrible until the second half. Yep, Cleary was fucking terrible until about the twenty minute mark. Yo wasn't doing a lot much of anything. It was and and I, I don't know if it was just like nerves or if they were just sort of like I don't know like in their shell a little bit or something. But when it actually turned in the second half and it started to come together, that's when the scoreline blew out. When when everyone just started fucking having fun with it and actually like and throwing and, and actually throwing down and doing the stuff that they're supposed to do exactly. instead instead of just like tr- playing safe they were playing they were actually trying trying stuff out and you know guess what it fucking worked just about every time yeah um yeah and so i mean this game could be the big turning point uh in in the se- in the series because now maybe they start doing that from minute 1 as a team and um, yeah. obviously obviously there's early exchanges but you know but but they don't like the the, the fuck ups that they made in the first twenty minutes, where they were just they were just tight, yeah. and they were just and they and they they wanted to do things, but they you know they weren't accurate with it. The and passes they didn't leave themselves enough space. Yeah, 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 and so it just looked like you know so you're getting like drop balls and and shit like that, you know. But um, but then once, the other thing, and, yeah. and you know, and, and it's not like he's been overlooked, but um, the the introduction of Burton, yeah, he is the archetype. For, for the future of the game. And by that I mean, if you look at all of the great players that have you know, really changed the direction of the game or really been influential to their teams, like you look at Cameron Smith, he was really the, the first hooker to come through with a fully developed half-like kicking game running mm. out of number nine. Dummy halves would always, they could, yeah, they could put a grubber in or they could put a kick in if, if one of the halves was down on last tackle. They were always the, the third option. But he was the first legitimate, um, you know, threat with his kick. Just like Isaiah Yo acts as another ball player in the forwards, I think having a Matt Burton-like figure that can kick like a half in your centres is the next big advantage that a league team gets. I, I, yeah, and, and I, I don't think he's the future of the of the game personally because you know what? I love Matt Burton. No, no I'm not saying and, Matt and, Burton is. Yeah. I'm saying he's the archetype. Yeah, that I, I, I love I love Matt the Burton. And you know what I want? You know what I want Matt Burton to do? I want Matt Burton to go and fucking make millions and millions of dollars in the fucking NFL as a punter. Yeah, because he fucking could. Like yeah. the way that he he puts the ball into fucking outer space. All they want in the NFL is fucking hang time. Yeah. So the yep. guys can get down there and make the tackle and you know the, and the and the returner doesn't get any any ability to move. And uh you know and I think like some of the the kicks the effective kicks that he that he used in Origin are the absolute pro- and and he could become an absolute fucking cult hero mm. because he's an actual footy player as well. He's not like a he's like a, not a nerd that wasn't physical enough to play the other positions. Yeah, he's he's, he a, he's legit a, put a shot on. He's a proper footy. Fucking... Yeah, like on those occasions when the returners fucking actually do make a bit of a break, mm. he could he could read it and he could fucking you know put the hammer down on the guy and get on all the highlight reels for doing that sort of shit. If the if the if the punt you know if, if the if the snap is is botched or whatever. He could run it, mm. and you know, it, like I just think that he he could uh, be a superstar and make make millions of dollars. Will he? I don't know, but that's that's the that's the fucking arc I would like to see for him because mm. I think that he could do it. You know, and, and look, he's playing the fucking Bulldogs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like he's not. <laughs> I mean, <you> know. <laughs> do something with your life, son. Lovely. <laughs> right, uh, what a what did our socials say? We went light on the socials. I thought we'd talk enough about it. 
Um, Kevin, he said, I've seen a lot of refs faulting for the first half all over the internet tonight by fellow Queensland fans. And I hate Klein as much as the next bloke. But it was a fairly even contest at half time, And the simple fact of the matter is, we were gassed. And on this stage, you get punished for that. Refs weren't making us miss tackles like it was under 12s. And New South Wales were running like men possessed. Just too damn good. Side note. After Jay's talk about Yo, I can't unsee the blocking he does in the ruck now on the fifth tackle. He'll even stop in the defensive line as a decoy, but do it in such a way it's not illegal. I'm coming around on the most underrated player of all time. There we fucking go. And can also just say, further to that refereeing thing, I think that the Queen, the thing that the Queenslanders should be the most disappointed about from Game 2 on a refereeing standpoint is they didn't get away with the shit they got away with in Game 1. I mean, Freddie, Freddie did that classic thing where he whinged about the stuff that he didn't like. And, and so it was actually refereed down the line in game two. And when Queensland didn't have that ability to fuck the ruck up like they did in game one, yep. guess what happens? Yeah, exactly. That's what happens. The boys get to play. Yeah. And when the boys get to play, they get to put the ball down over the line, score tries. Lenny, they score fucking tries in bunches. Like David Nofaluma. <laughs> like 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 David Nofaluma wearing a non-West Tigers jersey <laughs> against the against the an international Pacific Island minnow. Matt, he said seven hundred meters from To'o, Teddy, and Tupu, with that kind of freedom to advance position and young Nathan directing the ship. Queensland had their work cut out. Mustard did very well trying to create opportunities, but in the end, was not enough. Efforts from Polo, Cam Murray, Yo, Burton, and Appy across the park were just undeniable. Surely, Freddie will carry this squad into Game 3. So they're talking about Game 3. The, the, the two, two names that they mentioned you know, in regards to any potential changes is that obviously Whiten was in Game 1 and he doesn't have coronavirus anymore, so he'll be available for Game 3. And the other one is that Luttrell, is a, he'll be available to play for Game 3 as well. I say, gentlemen, thank you for your stellar service in the past. Maybe next year. Mm. Winning combination, baby. Whiten's had one good game at Origin, time. and Latrell's severely yep. underdone. And a performance yep. like that, I don't know that you fuck with. And exactly. I, I think what Matt Burton brings to the table in terms of, again, if he puts up three, you know, fuck you laws of physics bombs. And they drop one of them. Yeah. In state of Origin, that's it. one a knock-on on the 10-meter line yeah, to start it. a set yeah. is fucking gold. That's it. So, you know, um, yeah. I think the Crichton would be the Crichton <laughs> would have to be the most the endangered one, if any. But I wouldn't change, I wouldn't change anything. I mean, even Crichton came good by the end. I mean, he did. They had that shaky moment where Cleary sort of uh, got got beat on the outside, and then they made their breakthrough there for that yeah, try to Munster. Yeah. But other than that, you know, he was fine. And, and there was that that forward pass to Polo, which was just a a brain explosion close to the line. He thought, oh, "Fuck, I can get one away here and wrap around." Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe he'd obviously seen Queensland do it. Yeah, he thought, mate, oh, so we're doing that now, okay. Thought, thought it must have been okay. Um, look, Latrell's that sort of talent where where if it came out and they said, you know, Critter, that, you know, again, thanks very much. It's your first year. You'll, you'll be there for years to come. But, but Latrell's in the centres. I don't think I could hate on that or obviously prefer to stick with the winning formula but yeah. Latrell's that that type of unique talent where you know with fucking 40, 45 minutes of cardio after six months off yeah um, uh, he's, but, and he was, but, would still probably kill it. the thing is well at, with the way the side is at the moment I actually like the I like the composition because there's a, there's a bunch of new play like guys like, like Burton knows that he's there to play centre and then if the opportunity arises to put up a, a fucking ridiculous kick yep Crichton knows he's there just to be centre. That's it. Yeah. Latrell, however, is, you know, he's the guy that's there to do whatever he sees at the time. And, like, I like the fact that there's actually players in the team at the moment that are so new that they're just, like, deferential to just playing their role. Yep. And not trying to be fucking cowboys. Yep. So let's wrap this series up. I mean, it's in fucking, you know, you've got to finish up at Lang Park and uh, in a decider. So yeah. let's... uh. Let's wrap it up. See you next year, boys. Put in a good off season. Get your match fitness up. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, not, not you, Jack. I mean, just <laughs> don't kick yeah. them all dead. <laughs> Sorry, can please continue if you had any more. Uh, anyone? No, no, <laughs> any, uh, I'm done. Oh, you didn't? Oh, okay, cool. Um, right, so we move on then to, uh, what was it, round number 16? 
of the 2022 NRL season. And we kick off on Thursday night with the Mighty Manly Seagulls taking on the Melbourne Storm at Brookie. Um, the Manly side are uh, without Josh Alloyer, who was uh, knocked out whilst playing for Samoa on the weekend. So that brings uh, Kepi to prop and uh, Paseca finally back in on the bench. Uh, so far, according to, and, and uh, by the cut that they did tonight, about an hour and a bit ago, uh, Jake and Daly are inside, and, um, as well as all the other internationals um, that played on the weekend. Uh, Stormside, okay. So Munster's been named. I heard that he wasn't going to play, but I guess it'd be that he came back as less severe as what they thought. Um, Pappenhausen's named as a reserve. Um, Kafusi is out via compassionate leave. The list and I'm Lewin. looking at says Meany at 5'8". And Munster's not in the squad. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, and, and now you mention it. Yeah, you're right. So I think that Munster, I, that Munster was, he was out. And then the day after he was, oh no, he's he's going to be right for Origin three, and you know it's not it's I, I don't think whatever they thought the injury was, it wasn't injured. It was just well, it, whatever. More, more importantly than what we're we talking about, shit, fuck Queenslanders. Ryan Pappenhausen's back. Does that make him available for game three? Yeah, but where do you put where him do you then? put him? Why do you put oh, this? Him is, I know. No, no, see see you next year, Pappy. Yeah, yeah I, know. I, I fuck. I want to see him in a Blues jersey. Look, I mean, everyone does except for Queensland fans. But you know, they just they just won fucking they just won by forty. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't, yeah, let's let's uh, let's let's not, not worry about it. Okay, so uh, Nick and Reem were on the interchange. Um, otherwise, all of the uh, international and state reps need to play for the Storm, and um, yeah, that's it. Interesting to see how it goes. I, re- I really like. I'm. I, I, I would never tip Manly to win this game simply because of the loss of Aloye and the fact that that means that while it's great that Pasek is finally back in after getting some match fitness backs via the Reggies, I just I just long for the day when Marty to power surplus to our fucking needs. Or oh, having said that though, he did play very well for fucking um, Samoa. I will I will say he found he found some some level of passion and fucking form and ability and uh, and. Uh, impetus for that game. Let's hope he can carry it through. I think Schuster, the confidence that he'll take out of that game on the weekend is massive. And guys like Kohler as well, who played really well uh, in international debuts. And Christian and Christian Tupelotu was, you know, was a fucking star. Um, Fuck, so I'll, t- I'll tell you what, just as a... Talking about the dominance of the Melbourne Storm, mm-hmm. right? It, you know, if, if you'd have had to say what, what team has the Melbourne Storm had their greatest rivalry with... Mm-hmm. Over their successful period, you'd say Manly, yeah. Yeah, I think they've had two. I think I think it was I think it was Manly. Up no, to no, a not point. grand fi- not grand finals, but which team have they had their greatest rivalry with? Yeah, undeniably Manly. De- def- definitely, definitely Manly, one of them. But I mean, in recent years, it's probably been more the Roosters. And you got to remember, they've had the Broncos the entire time as well because of that pseudo Queensland. No, no, but again, you know, so, situation. Okay. Yes, Glenn, you're right. It's obviously Manly. So, but. Out of forty-one games played head-to-head, Melbourne have won twenty-five of them. Like it's it's not even like I would have thought if you'd have said because of their their rivalry, I would have said there'd be three or four games that separate them, maybe. Mm. You know. Yeah, I think but, the problem is that we were coached by Trent Barrett for a time there, and that's where it really fucking <laughs> that's that's where the scales tipped. Okay. <laughs> But we're back now, and this one's going to be a W to close the gap for the fucking oh, Mighty Manly Seagulls. 13 plus, oh, the more you put on, God. the more you get back. Ruben Garrick, I mean, like, that's the forgotten man in the origin discussions. If you're going to change a winning lineup, you're going to put Ruben Garrick, slot him straight in, and win by 50 in fucking Lang, Lang Park, right in front of fucking Glennie and his mates. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> Brave Glennie, words. It's, it's, it's an audio podcast, Glennie. You got to, you, that face doesn't show up. <laughs> Just feel like as maybe it's time for you to be I'm... the arson into the fucking dragon costume. I've got the fucking, I've got the bungers. <laughs> Who's going to be the sacrificial lamb? We can't bring Tyson Gamble back from the fucking dead. <laughs> and uh, the it's going to be Ruben Garrick. Fuck the pub slot. The pub slot game. Newcastle Knights versus Gold Coast Titan. They've certainly got their shit together on scheduling this time. And uh, the Newcastle Knights side. Uh, Ponga is out via concussion, which I think is a super prudent move to make. Um, Tex Hoy 
plays fullback. Daniel Saifidi and Bradman best listed in reserves. The Titans side. Uh, Dave Fafida returns from injury via the bench in number 17. Proctor and Thompson named as reserves. Uh, also with a chance of returning from their injuries. Um, Big Tino and Mo Fadawaika are named to back up from their rep games over the weekend. This one is a real game with consequences for the end of year Hyper Bowl. <laughs> um, two sides, definitely two, two, two of the four contenders for the for the spoon playing off. So it's a big, yeah, you know, it's a big two points. It's a legit tough one to pick. No Ponga. You, you think that the Titans would be in with a big chance, and then Paul Turner at five eight, and but you look across that Titan side. I'm, I'm, it doesn't fill me with. Confidence, if I'm honest. Um, I'm going to go Newcastle at home, despite the presence of the worst player in the NRL, Kurt Mann. Kurt Mann playing lock this time. Do you think he can actually get in, you know, a level of involvement to to derail the train from thirteen? Look, if they maybe they've got visions of him being a ball playing lock, uh, because you know. Everyone wants to play like Penrith, and Kurt Mann is barely a first grader, let alone Isaiah Yo. So hilarious, Jesus Christ! It's I have fair. no doubt. I have no doubt that, despite whatever you think about Kurt Mann, I have no doubt that Newcastle Knights win this game. Tex Hoy in at fullback. The Knights are practically full strength. Yeah, with that one change alone, <laughs> and, and with some some big ins. You know, Best's back. Daniel Saifidi's back. Fitzgibbon's back. I think Newcastle will pull this one together. Even if they weren't, though. Sexy, sexy taxi. Taxi. <laughs> sexy taxi is just going to fucking spooge all over the McDonald Jones Stadium. And we move to the 8pm game. The Panthers take on the Roosters. Out at Penrith, the Penrith side, uh, all their rep players are named. Um, no changes to speak of, really. Um, the Rooster side, Kiri's concussion issues continue. So I th- I heard today, like, Kiri's pretty much done, right? As like in retired, might, done? I th- as, is, as in done, done, yeah, wow. I think. I don't know if it's been like an official announcement thing. Where, you know how you, know, you get on the socials and word sort of starts leaking out about stuff? I, I think I think I saw something about that. It's sad, um, hey? It yeah. is. Sam Walker will shift to half. Drew Hutchinson, 5'8". Radley returns from injury in lock. Uh, Nat Butcher drops off the bench. Saluka Fafida on the reserves. And um, all their rep stars are named. I think Joey Manu. I mean, like he's, he's apart from one game earlier in the season, he's been fucking pretty good. All season, jo- Joey Manu's either brilliant or quiet. He's never he hasn't had a bad game all season. There was a, what was that game he had? He did. There was one game where but it he wasn't was, that he was bad. He was he was just absent. He was quiet. He, he yeah. didn't touch the ball a lot. He wasn't involved. He didn't, he didn't come in looking for any runs. The ball didn't find its way to him. So it was a, a mixture of him not being proactive and and his halves not getting him what he needed. Um, but I, he hasn't had a bad game for fucking I don't know how long. And the Roosters, the, the Roosters don't have their new signing Matt Lodge in the lineup for this week. What a shame! <laughs> yeah, uh, who they've grabbed him for a hundred grand for the rest of the season, I believe. Jesus fucking boy! Uh, keep enabling that fucking idiot. And uh, and look, honestly, like oh, the Panthers are, are going to put it to him. I don't think the, the Roosters have it in the forwards. Plus, then they're going to have to deal with that period of time when when Victor Radley goes to the sim bin, and, <laughs> and and that's when and that's when the re- results really going to blow out. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, look, I think we'll all be sorry, Jay. You go. I was going to say the the only risk here is complacency from Penrith. Yeah, no, look, I think nah, it's I, I, I think I think you know most of most of them played for winning sides and played well in winning sides, and and that's and what so I'm there's saying. A, there's if a level of buoyancy that you know, yeah, they've, they've come back and and maybe that translate in, into a slightly lackadaisical performance. Who knows? I I think the coaching staff are good enough to keep them grounded. Mm. Um, but that, that to me is the only real threat here. Oh, I think if they're complacent, it might be for a patch of the game. I don't yeah. know that Penrith had it in them to be complacent for an entire match, um, and I think this is probably a game where we realise again that the Roosters just aren't on that aren't on that level, which is you know, not just Penrith's level because they're a level all their own, but 
Um, I just I feel like the Roosters have had a slide this year um, that was probably a bit unexpected, and I think Penrith will handle measly. The Doggies take on the Sharks and Parramatta on a Saturday afternoon. The doggy side, no changes. And uh, as I look through the lineup, everyone named the shark side. No changes from two weeks ago versus the Titans either. Rep players all named as well. Can the doggies continue the uh, the Potter era? I'm going to tip the Sharks, but I think this will actually be a reasonably entertaining game. And I, I can't believe uh, I'm saying that, and I certainly wouldn't have said it a month ago or so. Um, if Nate's mate wasn't uh, wasn't punted from the coaching position at the dog. So um, I'm going to tip the Sharks, but I think it'll be a, a fairly high-scoring game, and um, I think the Sharks will go home. I think the dogs are going to have to stay very focused here, as in that they've put in a couple of good performances and and they've got some combinations that are clicking. And Matt Burton's going to come back, you know, absolutely full of fucking confidence and and probably now also more ingrained as the the leader of that that club, which he was unofficially, obviously, you know, running in the halves and directing him around, but now to also be the player that goes away for representative duties as the best player in the club and comes back. Uh, probably put some more standing on him with the boys. Uh, but yeah, Glenny, I, I think Cronulla just have too much talent in them because every, every time you think about, well, oh, yeah, look, you know, TPJ's been playing well and Burton to Fox is a, a combination now, then all of a sudden you look across at Cronulla and you go, oh, yeah, there's fucking Nico Hines that can just put on points whenever mm-hmm. he wants to. And there's Talakai that can, you know, make anyone's day a fucking nightmare. So I think, uh, I think Cronulla will be too strong. Right, the Cowboys take on the Broncos uh, up there at the Abattoir in Townsville uh, Saturday afternoon, 5.30pm. Cowboys side. Glenn's mate, Luciano Leilua, is named on the bench for his debut with the club, which will also be his 100th NRL game. You could not bear to have a fucking milestone game <laughs> in, in, the, in the West Tigers' colours. Um, the representative players are named... Tom Gilbert returns from injury, which uh, pushes Lemuelu out of the squad and Tanoa Brown back to the bench uh, and Brendan Elliott back out of the 17. Broncos side. Reynolds returns in the halves and the other rep players are named to return as well. I think Payne Haas won't be playing. I think he's in some doubt. I, I thought, thought that he was in doubt for this game, but not in doubt for the third origin match um, with an ankle injury. So I don't think we'll see him playing, but otherwise, as per the program. I think it has potential to be a match of the round. Um, I think both sides, certainly the Cowboys, have been playing really well for most of the season. Um, the Broncos are on an upward tick. Um, I think this will be very entertaining. Probably lean towards the Cowboys at home. Um, just to, I think there will be a massive crowd. And um, the the North Queensland faithful should probably just get the Cowboys over the line. Yeah, you go back to pre-origin and there wouldn't have even been a question. The Cowboys are going to do a fucking job on them. I don't mm. think anything's going to change. Jeez. Wow. Boys, all right. That's oh, probably, probably really close. What are they saying on the betting there, Glenny? Uh, let me get that up. back to that one. I'll have it in two seconds. Just out of curiosity. I feel like it's closer, especially with Reynolds back. I feel like it's closer, <laughs> no, it's closer yeah, than what you're Cowboys are $1.50, Yeah, $1.50. Broncos two sixty. So Yeah, that's probably a little bit wide. But uh, yeah, I mean, Cowboys should certainly be the favourites. Um, the Rabbitohs take on the Eels at uh, Acor Stadium, Sydney Olympic Park. The Rabbitohs side featuring Latrell Mitchell returning at fullback, which results in Nicarima to the bench and Taffy drops the reserves. Nichols named prop, Burgess benched. All their rep players named. The Eels side, no changes to a fortnight ago. All rep players named. Eels, right? Even with Latrell there. Latrell's a big in. He's a big in, but like I, I feel like he's more of a fullback in, in the sense of the attacking sense of the game as well. 
I don't think he's necessarily the, a defensive powerhouse. No, neither do I. But I also think that he's one of those players that just by being there, the the attention that he demands mm. yeah. is enough to create opportunities elsewhere. And that's something that's been sorely missing for the Rabbits this year. As, as long as you can shut down anything Cody Walker does quickly in terms of a running game and cut him off, take away his space, he's essentially no threat at all. You know, Mate, I, I challenge you to look at Joey Marnie's cheekbone mm-hmm. last year and tell me Latrell Mitchell's not a defensive powerhouse. Fucking stopped him. Mate, that's grub. That's a grub. Murdered him. Not defensive. That's grub yeah, well, you, shit. You're not allowed to defend people in the face, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fucking, I'll yeah, defend I you mean, in the face. <laughs> Um, I mean, fuck! If you could, get, if that sort of shit was what made a defensive powerhouse, then why is the Callum Ponga take a baseball bat? With you? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I think Latrell has a big influence um, and a big impact on the on the bunnies. I do agree that the the eels deserve to be favourites, and I probably do lean towards the eels. As much as it pains me to admit it. Mm. I think the the Eels had their moment a couple you know, a month ago, and I think they've largely negotiated their way out of that that you know that period. And like while I think that they're still too brittle to do any real damage in the competition, you know, on the Premiership as, as a whole, I think that you know the way Souths have been going, I, I think that they've they've got them covered. And finally, well, not finally, almost finally. Plenty. We're going to do a far. We are we going to do a member save for this one. The Warriors no, make their return no, to New Zealand. Fucking way, no how. Sunday afternoon, two p.m. Mount Smart Stadium. The Warriors Glenn, finally give the people what they want. Play a game in New Zealand. <laughs> Pompey is uh, dropped to reserves. You and Aiken shifts into the centres. This is Bunty Ofoa's one hundredth appearance. Oh, milestone game. And the interesting thing is that only two players in this team were in the Warriors' side at their last Mount Smart match on the 30th of August, 2019. Oh, that, be, that, that being Harris Tavita and Jazz Tavanga. Um, if Pompey gets back into the 17, that's three. But yeah, big changes there. The West Tigers side become the first team to travel overseas for an NRL game <laughs> since August 19. <laughs> and may not come back. <laughs> James Roberts in at centre. Uh, Stefano to the bench, first time in weeks. Little and Kapoor drop to the reserves, and Twal is out with concussion, so you don't have that albatross hanging around your neck about him getting a try at last. Starting hooker for this game, New Brown. There you go. Some big changes have been rung in well, by He had Nod. another hooker on the bench. <laughs> so, Noddy's going through the place with the gurney and getting rid of the stench of Michael, Michael Maguire at a rapid rate of knots. He murdered fucking <laughs> Little and fucking Simkin. Yeah, I mean this whole this whole fucking will they or won't they? You know, little is, v. Is Simkin it going to be Litzy? Is it going to be Simkin, mate? It's this week be Little, nothing. next week Simkin. Now <laughs> neither. <laughs> Fuck him, he says. <laughs> like Glennie, what do you make of these? What do you make of the changes, mate? Um, I think New Brown's first game at hooker. We scored a couple of tries when he, in his first game back in the NRL. I thought there were some promising signs there. Um, interesting, there's other than Dewey, um, mm-hmm. there's no real – and maybe that's the change. Maybe Brown comes off, Brooks goes to, to hooker and Dewey slips into six. I don't know. I will say, though, it, it legit does not matter what the Tigers do. They are destined. I've said for a long time – that the Tigers are a team of destiny, and they are legitimately destined to get thumped by about 60 points in this game. 60, really? Come on. 60? The emotion of the first game back in New Zealand. It could go both ways. It's the a emotion fucking could sellout. Go, the emotion could go either way, though. Yeah, but it never does, Nathan. It always <laughs> goes against the Tigers. <laughs> so... Oh. Couldn't they do it for old boy for old boy uh, Luciano Leilua in his hundredth game? We couldn't, couldn't, they, couldn't, they do, do it, couldn't they do it for listen, Luch? We couldn't do it for Tommy twice. Yeah, that's true. A club fucking legend, the heart and soul of the fucking half of the merged entity, 
twice. That's the problem. That's we, the problem. If you played for Balmain, they probably would have done it. <laughs> <laughs> Yet you expect us to do it for a bloke that changed clubs mid-season. Fuck me, Dad. Oh, the yeah, fuck you out of me. Um, <laughs> no, I, I fully expect the Warriors to, to embarrass the Tigers and I will be legitimately shocked if we are even competitive, let alone fucking manage to win this game. No chance of doing a second half in this one? Look, I fucking was ready and raring to go uh, last weekend. And uh, I was brutally fucking smashed and said, no, no, Glenny. I'd rather <laughs> fucking hang out with my fucking brother. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that one, that one was, you know, in hindsight, you're probably like, well, I'm glad that didn't happen too. Oh, no, I, would have, I always enjoyed talking talking to you, Nathan. It's a fucking pleasure at all yeah. times. Yeah, like 30 nil second half. I mean, yeah. I mean, you Because I never know. Thing. Like, you never know when one day enough's going to be enough and I'll just fucking drive to your house and murder you in your sleep. So if the times before that that I get to actually fucking chat to you, it's a pleasure. Um, no, that'll never happen because it'd be impossible for you to do that without texting the whole way, winching about how bad the traffic is. When have without I done fucking that? three hours' notice. <laughs> Fuck. Winch about how hungry you are. Can someone bring you some nuggets? Yeah, no, that's that's fair. I don't know if I've ever mentioned traffic, but definitely I have let you guys know when I've been hungry. No, let's do it. Let's do it. Second half. If, all right, um, all right. Yeah, let's do it. Second half, all right. And the final game of the round, the Dragons take on the Raiders in Wollongong. The Dragons side, rep players are all named. Uh, ben Hunt in a bit of doubt with a leg injury, apparently. And um, unchanged 17 from round 15, though. The Canberra Raiders side. Whiten returns after missing a fortnight through the Coviche. Frawley drops out at 17. Schiller out altogether, making the way for Nickel Klutstar's injury return via the bench in jersey number 16. Rep players all named. Got to Raiders. back to what happened. I mean, like the Raiders being in a reasonable patch of form. Yeah, dragons. Raiders by, by thirteen plus. Dragons put opinion. it on the rabbits in the first half, thirty-two nothing. Can history repeat? No. I think the Raiders are Raiders are a, a stronger side. Um, some of their recent performances, I think they'll they'll be far too strong for the Dragons. Oh, and, and if Ben Hunt, I mean Ben Hunt's in doubt. If Ben Hunt's out, oh please, fucking forget about it. Forget about it. Raiders by how many? I mean, he is the beating pulse of that fucking side. And if he's out for whatever reason, then, yeah, there's no chance. So there we go, boys. Round 16, I believe it is. Ready to go from tomorrow In night. bag. Which brings us to a close for this episode. And I'm a guy I'm looking forward to the sweet, sweet embrace of death or sleep. <laughs> I'll take either at this point. Um, <laughs> if you'd like to support the show, consider becoming a patron, patreon.com forward slash Tornation. We're just about to finalize uh, our first drops for the uh, top two tiers of merch for the year. And um, how are you going with that, Glenny? Uh, 75% Again, that, that, completed. Fantastic. Uh, so that'll be happening shortly. Uh, now, I, look, I did say that the deadline I do appreciate, the, sorry, it's, um, a lot of the guys have... Clearly, been listening to the member sodes and have been hitting us up with proactively with, uh, yeah. messages, letting us know. So it's been a big help. Thank you. Um, and well, that's as for the great that they do all they can to allow us to give them their free shit. Yeah, <laughs> fuck it. Support supporters packs. Um, I think I, I cut it off at like midnight last night. I'm glad I didn't actually wasn't awake then and didn't flick it off because a couple more came through today. So look, I'm happy for this episode to be to act as the final warning on the hoodies and the supporters packs and um and give you like let's say till like midnight Thursday and then that way I can start you know putting the order through and everything on Friday. So so you've got you're listening to this episode if you're listening now, you want a supporters pack or a hoodie, you haven't uh, done so as yet, now's your final warning. Get it in by uh, Thursday. End of play, because Friday morning, I will be uh, starting to get these orders through and uh, get those out to people uh, as soon as I can. Love it. Anything else, anything else, fellas, that you want to talk about before we uh, pull the pin? 
Um, much like you, I am completely fucking fried, and I'm going to pass out at a rapid rate of knots. Hey, you see how the the, the post match the post match beer sculling after the Origin win? Oh. Poor old Matty, poor old Matty Burton having like a quiet little chuck yeah. to himself. In the- that would be me if I tried to scull a beer. Really? Yeah, I couldn't do it. What about like a can of Coke? Yeah, yeah, any of that's fine. Well, so I don't have a gullet. Just... I'm good. But yeah, I cannot good. stand the taste of beer, and I would fucking throw my heart up. Yeah. There you go. He, he, was, everybody who, he was everybody who likes beer, um, who, who uh, understandably wouldn't be able to drink a, an entire can of two he's new. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sponsor, sponsor, sponsor contractual obligations. How good are they? Is, it, is, that, is that still a thing that people do? What's that? Like fucking, like rank themselves as people by what beer they do and don't like. Probably, oh, wouldn't they? Right. I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've made the complete successful transition to fucking whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I will, I will drink the fuck out of a Four Pines uh, manly fucking themed can. I just but... love the irony of the most judgmental human being I've ever met in my life judging people for judging people. Oh, no, here's the thing. My favorite. It's what he fucking does. <laughs> my TikTok wormhole at the moment is where they get all these fucking pompous wine tasters. Yeah. Oh, and you just say, feed them shit. And no, and they, they feed them. It's a fucking beautiful setup. So they, sh- they show them this box and they're like, okay, so you've got, there's three straws mm-hmm. and three glasses, but you don't know, you know, What's in each? This, this straw goes to this glass or this one goes oh, to okay. this glass or this one. And then you've got to take a sip and we're going to tell you there's a French wine, a Spanish wine and a you know, fucking, I don't know, some other wine in there. Yeah. And they get all these pompous fucks in there and they, they're sipping and sipping and sipping and they go on and on and on and on and then they turn the box around and all three straws go into the same glass. <laughs> uh, short has, has a short lifespan before they all cotton on, but that's a fucking great gag. And, and I fucking challenge anyone to put fucking three beers next to each other. Oh, I think you definitely no, you definitely can. Yeah, you can definitely tell the difference in beers because some of them, like they taste, they taste significantly different. Like following one with another, every fucking beer tastes exactly the fucking same. Just like every wine tastes exactly the same. You need to if you're going to drink wine, drink it like my wife does. Drink it to forget, and just like just like. <laughs> And just like every vodka, every vodka tastes the same, right, Glennie? When you when you load it up with your fucking little limes, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Oh, and your little fucking your little your, your lemonades and your, your lemonade and your little wedges of lime. Yeah, there you go. Soda water, mate. Fuck me. Yeah, oh, soda, give me soda water. Diabetes. I'll I'll hook you up with my mate that does his whiskey tasting nights. You can go along there and. Fucking circle jerk with all of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, fucking multi. Oh, Pete. Oh, fucking Pete Moss. Yeah. Interesting segue is- on the whiskey tasting night. There's also an arsehole tasting fucking segment to the evening. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I managed to, to zone in very quickly on the type I like, and it's very specific. And um, and I definitely don't. I wouldn't consider myself someone that enjoys the length and breadth of the entire fucking world of, of whiskey. Um, and so yeah, there's a lot of it I can't do, but I'm always I'm always down for new for for new fucking uh, to open the doors to new fucking uh, you know things because who knows I'll try anything and I who won't judge knows. it until I do. Indeed. And on that note, be more Dairy Queen, like the fucking the CEO of fucking Dairy Queen 2022, Jake okay. Travoyevich. <laughs> fucking how good and. Uh, <laughs> Recent appointment oh, no, no, after no, the death of no, the no, previous no, no, no. CEO of Terry Quinn. I tell you what, I, I officially name him the fucking Izzy mascot of this show, though. He's not the Dairy Queen. He took us there. Well, yeah, he came, well, he came and picked us up and took us to Dairy Queen. Oh, so so that so so that means what you're saying? We're we're, we're fritters. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Was there ever any fucking doubt? Yeah. yeah like, thanks for saying what everyone was thinking. <laughs> Well, on that note, fellas, I'll talk to you next week. I'll talk to you. Talk to you on Sunday. Can't wait. Yeah.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 